Well, she couldn't leave because she couldn't get a bank account, because she couldn't get a loan, because, uh, you know, she couldn't buy property or do whatever without either dad or, or her husband's permission. Hey there, this is Chance, and thanks for listening to us discuss divorce. Did our grandparents' generation simply make it work, or is there more to it than that? Here in just a moment, you're going to hear from some folks who were kind enough to give me their thoughts on divorce before Ricky, Chris, and I start chatting. It's something I'd like to do as often as I can, sort of a man-on-the-street type thing where I talk to regular folks about their opinions or experience on whatever that subject is that we're going to be discussing that week. A special shout-out to London-based Welt Magazine, who recently included punk journalism in an article called The 20 Best Journalism Podcast of 2021. Be sure to listen to next week's episode. We're going to be chatting with a representative from the Satanic Temple in Kansas City, Missouri. I don't ask for anything except that you rate and review us on iTunes and soon on Spotify. Check out punk-journalism.com where you can find all of our content, including bios on all the contributors. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube for the latest and greatest. I'm kind of challenging the idea that older generations, like my grandparents' generation, they are... quite critical of younger generations for the divorce rate and what you'll often hear them say is oh we just made it work you know we uh we put in the effort and it was hard but every you know it it took work and we made it work do you think that that's the case or maybe is it not as simple as that is there maybe more to it i don't know i think that that is the case i've i've been divorced for 13 years now and had a lot of time to think about kind of what happened and is it something that i did wrong is it something that we as a couple did wrong And I do think that it does take work to remain in a marriage. I believe social media plays a part in it. It's a lot easier to meet people and do things that you're not really shouldn't do if you're in a marriage. It's divorce's easy way out. Now they make it so easy. Would you say that maybe you might have also just grown apart over time? Like you might have, you know, been different people from who you were when you originally got together and then as you aged and matured and... And, and grew, you might also might maybe just have developed different, you know, fundamentals or... I would agree with that. I, I think that um, growing apart ha- did happen in, in my circumstances, in my relationship. Um, and it was very hard to connect as husband and wife again with that, you know, flame or spark that we once had. Um, and, you know, maybe if we did work on it, it, it would have still been something we could salvage, but it, it, and unfortunately in my situation, or fortunately, I guess depending on how you look at it, it didn't work out that way. A lot of times people will find different interests and stuff, so they kind of grow apart easier because of it. Yeah, I think growing apart is probably the biggest, I mean, you could, you could say adultery or something like that, but definitely it's easier to grow apart because of how much information you're able to get like when you were back, back then when you didn't have social media or not just social media but also the outlets that they had how easy it was for people to go out and meet other people back then they had tighter niche communities harder to do that harder to develop other avenues to not uh, everybody was kind of in each other's business too yeah. like in a small town yeah, yeah. no that's a good point i challenge the notion that the, my grandparents' generation, they'll say, you know, we, we just made it work. We stuck it out, and, and people nowadays just don't want to put in the effort. It's, it's a really an apples-to-orange comparison because in that time, 
women didn't have any options, really. They were very much financially dependent upon their spouse, their husband. And if they divorced, first of all, there was the stigma attached to that. And then also, what was she going to do, like wait tables and support a couple kids? I mean, how do you feel about that? Do you think that it's it's not a fair comparison between generations? Yeah, I think that is a, is a good um, way of looking at the dynamic of a marriage today is women do have more independence that they might not have had back in other generations. Um, they can be financially stable on their own without the husband contributing, uh, although it might be difficult on, on a, any single income, be it husband or the wife's income. But uh, I, I do agree with that. I think that the uh, options of divorce are now readily available to both the male and female of the party and uh it 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 wasn't there before yeah i would agree my my wife and i both work so i mean and we both make really good really decent money so I, that might be that might be probably one of the reasons back then why women felt like they couldn't leave a marriage mm -hmm. but it would be difficult for them to support themselves so now the freedom of what we have probably does lead to that they're more able to build that confidence to like you know i can make it on my own i don't need you so i'm not going to be in that really situation and be that in that negative so yeah it would be an apples or orange comparison on that i don't think um i i, I don't think those options were readily available I, I think like my grandmother was um that they, they stayed married but they were an abusive relationship you could, she had a lot of symptoms and signs of uh of an abusive abuse spouse in a lot of ways i i think she didn't know what else she could do where she go and define putting in the work you know a lot of couples go through a lot they go through a lot of uh, counseling and a lot of different things and it still just doesn't work so what defines we just did the work what defines that nowadays i have two kids uh with my ex-wife and Looking back on it, I think that we, as a couple, lost touch with who we were as individuals. You know, going into the relationship, you're boyfriend and girlfriend, and you still have some independent identity. Then you become husband and wife, still have some independent identity. And once you have kids, this is the way I take it, once you have kids and you put that into the mix, you're now mom and dad. And you start losing track of working together as a couple to continue the relationship. And if you don't work at it, it tends to fall apart from there. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what happened in my relationship. We just didn't put the work in. Um, and the dynamic of what we had was mom and dad. It wasn't about kindling, rekindling any flame that we once had as husband and wife or boyfriend and girlfriend. And from there on, it just uh, it fell apart. Yeah, I'm divorced. I mean, would you say, if you don't mind me asking, would, was it a case of maybe not putting in enough effort or, or was it just, you know, you guys, as you matured and got older, you just grew apart? I, I didn't, my first marriage didn't last very long. I think it was, uh, I wasn't mature enough and I think I had the wrong preconceived notions in what it takes to make a marriage work. And I also think my ex-wife thought she could change who she was to be the person that she thought I needed. And those two things just, yeah, that would just that just didn't work I feel so I've been divorced twice so um no so I think like the first one I was still pretty young um and then I think we just grew apart like we had the same thoughts and stuff at the beginning but as you had it we had kids and jobs and stuff and life life changed on us so I think we just kind of grew apart and 
Um, then the second one, it was more uh, actually the same thing. We grew apart. A lot of times, you don't necessarily people think you know the person you're marrying right away, but honestly, it takes years to really get to know somebody. Um, it could be years down the road before something that they've done the whole time annoys you. And, you know, it's easy for me to say not having kids, but kind of a pet peeve that I hear a lot of times is people say that they remain married and to somebody that they are not happily married to for the sake of the children. What do you, how do you guys feel about that? I, I think it depends on how they work it out. Like if you're going to stay married and fight all the time and you have your kids in your house, you're not showing them a very good relationship. So I think it just depends. Me personally, I wouldn't stay with somebody just because of the kids because I think it can hurt them more than it helps them because they're not going to grow up in what should be a loving house one way or another because yeah. you're, you're going to hate each other because you don't want to be together. So it's, And kids are very sensitive to their parents. They can sense when their parents are not getting along. They can sense when their parents are upset and stuff. And if you don't think that that's coming across to them, you're wrong because they know it. They know a lot more than parents give them credit for. <laughs> I think that this this topic of divorce is important to discuss. And to be honest, it's a really good example of the kind of thing that I want to talk about with punk journalism challenging the status quo and what's expected out of us because of social norms and societal pressures when it's more important that you're doing what makes you happy and what's best for your family as opposed to worrying about what other people think. So there's been this long-standing idea that our generation and maybe even baby boomers too, but definitely Gen X and millennials, they get a lot of shit because of the divorce rate and the fact that our grandparents' generation the divorce rate was exceedingly low and they quote unquote made it work. And I just think that there's a lot more to it than that. And I, I hate seeing people who are close to me, people who I spend a lot of time with family members, friends, coworkers, whatever, who stay in, in bad marriages, unhappy, both parties unhappy, just because for whatever reason, there's expectations of them to, to keep up appearances, to make sure that, you know, doing it for the kids or, or whatever. There's a, a whole pile of excuses. And I think that that is just so detrimental. And this idea that our grandparents' generation, they just made it work. And that's exactly what you hear all the time. And it's become a platitude. They, you know, we just, marriage is hard and it takes work. And we just made it work. We just worked at it. That's true to a certain degree. A marriage, just like anything, is going to take work and effort on both people's parts. But there's a certain point where you hit a threshold where you're you're tolerating intolerable behavior. And I'll give you an example, a personal example. My mom has memories being a small child, getting loaded up in the car, her mom loading her up, my grandmother, along with her brother and sister, and driving around Fort Collins <clears throat> and trying to track down my grandfather in which house at whatever woman's house he was. Not only that, but there was a uh, there was a great deal of abuse that went on in the household, physical abuse, where my grandfather was physically abusive with my grandmother and then she dished it out to the kids so it was just a, a bad situation all around and I don't know I, I mean it, it would be a long story to talk about like what what initiated that like why why it became a bad situation in the first place why they got married in the first place but obviously it wasn't it wasn't in, the, in anybody's best interest for for them to stay married and years later my mom you know, this is when I'm a kid, my mom's having lunch with my grandmother and she says, why didn't you just leave him? 
And she said, well, I was just trying to do what was best for you kids. And my mom said, well, I don't think that you did us any favors. And <clears throat> just recently, we found out that my grandmother is no angel either. Uh, do you, are you guys familiar with 23andMe? It's the DNA testing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yes. from what I understand is that they have a database where they keep whoever has participated up until that point, they have a database of, of people's DNA that they keep. So when you're putting together a family tree, they can match it up and making make your family tree more robust, more robust than you thought it could be. So my cousin is getting this family tree done. And keep in mind, my uncle, his father, had just passed away um, the prior year. This this woman from 23andMe is speaking to my, my cousin and she says, so I don't want to be the one to break this to you, but the man that you think is your grandfather is not your grandfather. And it turns out it's this, this other guy and, you know, she gave him his name and everything. And for years there was always a rumor or a lot of talk about how my grandmother around that time was seen around town with this guy. And they always, there was some sort of like speculation that something was going on. Well, it turns out that he was actually the father of my uncle. Of course, like, I don't want to say that I'm glad that he's not here, but in a way, like, I'm glad that he was spared getting that news. Just to, like, go back <clears throat> and talk about your grandma for a second. Like, you think about, like, that behavior, what led to behavior like that in that time is you lived in a time where the biblical belief was marriage is forever. You push through it and you make it work. And if you have any issues, you just push through it. Yeah. In today's society, we recognize that there's mental health issues and there's other things, there's traumatic events. And we try to help and address those things through counseling, <clears throat> through medication that helps with, depression with PTSD with whatever uh, mental health ailment that you have in that day they just used alcohol right? and honestly so you had this how shitty you've got one try at this and it's got to last you the rest of your fucking life that's a lot of pressure too. that's a lot of pressure yeah. you know and 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 also if you get it wrong you gotta live your whole life knowing like fuck dude I could have had this other person mm -hmm. I chose wrong well, I mean, and I think that that is why it's so important that, uh, you know, when we talk about like societal pressure and that sort of thing, that there's absolutely no reason also to go to go go through the motions of like, all right, I graduated high school. Now I got to fall in love with somebody. Now we got to get married. Now we got to buy a house together. Now we need to start shitting out a pile of kids like there's no reason for that. And that is a big reason why. You know, people, especially older generations, found themselves in these positions because they married so young. And like you're I mean, I am a drastically different person from who I was when I met my ex-wife when, when we were 20. And I'm, I wasn't a bad person, but I'm glad I'm not that same person anymore. And she's a different person, too. But you just grow and you develop different values and things that are important to you. And and I mean, you may still have some things in common, but like you're probably going to grow apart more than you're going to grow together. In a lot of cases, yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. Maturing, Absol I believe is what they call that. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. Totally. You your, know, your in, entire your entire worldview changes, your reality changes because your perspective changes and it all 
when you when you're young i got married uh when i was 23 when i was 23 i had a completely different set of values standards and beliefs than i do now mm-hmm. we posted on instagram as well as facebook for people to give their their opinions on this topic and there was a really good one uh, just kind of going back to what you were saying about like the differences between now and then he says as strict cultural norms fade so does the acceptance of cultural variances divorce was not only frowned upon before the boomer generation it was hated and in many instances illegal boomers were really the first generation to have open access to divorce it became much more acceptable though it really didn't receive full acceptance until the late 70s. Before the boomer age, it was nearly impossible, so you had a lot of women and men in very long, unhappy marriages. And, I mean, along with that, too, like when uh, the millennial generation, the divorce rate has actually shrunk quite a bit with, with our generation, and a big reason for that is, is that people are waiting to get married at a later age. They're focusing on things like college and 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 finding the career that suits them the best and getting established and then they get married and so that's a big reason why with our generation that's been the case as as opposed to uh baby boomers where the divorce rate really went went through the roof after you know well baby baby boomers are also uh they were established meaning financially stable financially able to have a house financially able to have a family way before millennials have been you know i'm i'm what's called an elder millennial i think yeah you're right on the because front I'm, end of it yeah i'm 82 which is i think the start of millennialism yeah that sounds right millennialism um, and mil- millennials yeah yeah whatever and uh <laughs> so i mean i'm just now to the point where you're starting to dislike your wife yeah, well not only that but i can afford a house <laughs> Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I jumped the gun. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. No, you actually you like Cody though, right? Uh, yep, yep. I've liked her for just about as long as I've known her. Okay. Yeah, That's it's, good. It's you been like? Good. Do you like her? Do you like like? Dude, her? I like 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 her. Like, okay. I, if like, we were in study hall right now, I would slip her a note. Slip her a note. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. So you, you okay? I can see that. Well, in between the three of us, you're so Chris, I'm divorced. Chris is divorced, and 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 you've been married for how long now? Uh, eighteen years in December. Okay. Yeah, and you know, like a lot of times being around. Dude, that's a like that's a ahead. senior in high school. That's how many years you've been married. Right? Yeah, man. Uh, in December, <laughs> our marriage can buy cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> And porn. And porn. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit, finally. Can you rent a car? Can your marriage rent a no, car? No, you got to be older than that. Shit. No, that's 25. Your marriage yeah. can get drafted in the yeah, military. My marriage could get drafted. <laughs> shit. Our marriage could go off to war. Couldn't drink a beer, though. <laughs> it couldn't. No, it could not. <laughs> so it's actually sometimes kind of bittersweet being around Ricky and his wife because they, they to me, like, they, they definitely are an example of, of what I would strive for in a, a, a successful marriage. And, of course, that's from my perspective. Nothing's perfect. And, and you know, like, who knows what kind of weird shit he puts her through when, when I'm not around. But what I admire if, so if much you about them. Know, if you want to know, they have an OnlyFans. Oh, so. shit, really? We built a pool Gross. today. <laughs> a pool. You built a what? A pool. Okay. We spent, like, two grand on an above-ground pool for all the kids. Okay. And uh, we built it today. All right. That's, that's on our OnlyFans. Okay. <laughs> Sweet. Don't have a lot of subscribers. 
<laughs> but no, so what I what Jump I admire the water's fine. What I admire about your guys' relationship that I see so many people get wrong is you guys are the opposite of codependent and you very much have your own identities apart from each other outside of the relationship where I spent time at your house and you you're in the garage a lot. we we hang out in the garage a lot, like working on bikes or or you know, you work out there for your regular job too and you know, watch horror movies and stuff like that. So yeah. you're out there a lot and then she's inside doing her thing, whatever that is. And then, but when you guys come together, it, there's a synchronicity that it works. Like, I don't know. Like, and I think that a big part of that, that you guys have nailed that's really important is you know how to be apart from each other. You know how to do things without being attached at the hip and, and people, a lot of times couples and especially married people, they, they there's this insecurity that develops where they feel like they have to be together all the time and they don't know how to do anything separate from one another. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I, that's just, that's how, I don't know. I, I, I see that in you guys and that's what I would strive for, for sure. I think a lot of family guy is unfunny and unhelpful. What do you mean? But there's that's... this one scene where they're packing up for a road trip. I don't know what, episode or season this is so please don't question me or quiz me um but peter want my wife likes it so i watch it with her yeah uh but i like family guy but i love yeah. i love family guy but uh yeah i just think it's kind of you know sometimes it's funny but mostly it's just like that's exactly the joke i was expecting uh, um <laughs> but uh there's this one there's this one scene in this episode where they're packing for the family road trip and peter wants to pack in I don't know, like six dozen live birds because why not, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Lois is just super, she just wants to get on the road and wants to get going and she's so fucking exasperated with him. And she's like, fine, just put in like two dozen birds instead. And Peter goes, yay, you're letting me be, be me. Myself, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me be myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and that's like, a lot of the key. Yeah, you know? totally. Yeah, no, th and that you nailed it because that's a mistake that I made in my marriage and probably with other relationships. And don't get me wrong, like I want to make a disclaimer. I'm talking about divorce. I obviously am no expert when it comes to relationships. I, my marriage failed and I've I've had breakups since then. But like I think that that's really important and it's something that I would want to work on is like you can't idealize the relationship and you can't idealize each other and you can't expect it to just be this fairy tale romance all the time. Like I think you get that in doses where it's really amazing and, and like, you know, like a romantic movie or whatever. But for the most part, like, I mean, there are going to be quirks. There are going to be things about one another that just aren't, that aren't part of your personality and may actually conflict with your personality, but you just got to recognize that that's that person. And, and if it's not hurting anything or anybody, then then just let them be themselves. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, and that's where that's one thing that my ex-wife and I, if there was any one thing that we fucked up, it was that we just couldn't compromise with each other when it came to stuff like not I don't want to say cleanliness, but like she is a cluttery kind of person. She's an artist. So just by her nature, she accumulates a lot of things and she's cluttery and kind of a pack rat and i fucking hate clutter like i felt like sometimes like the walls were closing and it just drives me fucking crazy i don't like a stuffy environment like i like kind of a open atmosphere that's 
more minimalist and that's like the exact opposite of her and we just could never find a middle ground ever and that it was just like that was the thing that we butted heads on and then from there like it just bled into every uh, other parts of our lives and so we just couldn't live together so but yeah we just couldn't compromise with each other on that i don't know yeah dude uh that's a lot of it too but uh Going back to the divorce but, thing. Oh, go ahead. What'd you say, Chris? But your but your relationship now with her is like amazing. Though, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, we're best friends, and that's something I'm really thankful for. And I know that it's it's uncommon for that to happen. And any time I tell people that my I mentioned my ex wife and my best friend are one and the same, they kind of look at me like I have three heads or something. And I've been it, a, it is it's super rare, man. Yeah. Well, and I've I've been with one or two women who are disapproving of it because they think that they just don't trust that that's all it is. It's just a friendship. And they think that we're, you know, trying to rekindle something or we're going to sneak off and fool around or whatever. But no, that's, that's it, man. Like she's, she's like the sister I never had. And that's how, whenever I think of her, like planning one on me, it's, it feels like exactly like if my sister were to kiss me, like, now, did you guys do the 23 and me, man? You might want to check that. Right. Yeah. Uh, there be, are a lot of surprises. You might be right. As I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so another thing that, I mean, there are a few things that prompted this, this discussion for me. Um, another one is a friend of mine who's going through a divorce right now. They haven't officially filed yet and done the paperwork, but they have decided that they want a divorce. And she lives in a really rural area and doesn't have a lot of friends around or people. And she's talks about like where she lives in Wisconsin. There's just not much to do as far as outdoor activities and that sort of thing. So she is extremely lonely and they still live together in the house. Like she lives in a different part of the house, like in the basement or whatever. But she said like, they're friendly together, but she said that anytime like he even just like scratches her head or, or whatever, like it just is like, you know, heaven. And she's craving that so much. So she, she'll tell me sometimes, she's like, I just feel so lonely. And I know he's not a bad guy. He's a good guy. But maybe, you know, maybe we should work it out and give it another shot. But she's this person has also told me that, like, they, you know, anytime that she's, she tries to have sex with him, that she also forces it. And she is in no way sexually attracted to him and, and like, ends up crying during. and And so, yeah, it's like no, don't force that shit, you know, like, there, obviously, you guys had a connection when you were a lot younger, but, like I was saying before, like, you grew apart, and there's no shame in, in recognizing that, and recognizing that it's time to go your separate ways, and it's great if you can still be friends, but in that capacity, you're not supposed to be together, and she talks about her mom giving her a lot of hell for it, and being, re you know, she's a very religious, zealous person. I've, I've noticed a lot that, and once again, we're going back to this, but uh, I've noticed a lot that in more religious circles that that's kind of the the, the thought process there is. Yeah. You know, marriage is a holy thing. And what, what God joins together, let no man tear apart, I think is the line. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's, it's just like, well, okay, God makes a, if you believe that and you believe that way and you want to argue with religion, God makes us. And God makes us flawed, or we become flawed through the process of creation, or somehow we inherit sin some way, depending on how you believe. But I'm just taking this to the extreme right, you know, the conservative Christian that I grew up with and that I was for a while. 
Um, and uh, in that sense, how is divorce a bad thing? You're human. You mess up. You could have made the wrong decision. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, and that's where like I call, I call bullshit on a lot of or a, a good majority of religious stuff just because like, do you really think that if God is, is a loving father that cares for you, that he wants you to be like, nope, suck it up. Like, you 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 made this commitment. You're going to be unhappy the rest of your life. You made your bed. Sleep in it. <laughs> you get the one chance to get this right. Right, <laughs> right yeah. So, like, yeah. That, that's just like, you know. That's, I, sorry, go I ahead, think Chris. This is, this is a perfect place for me to segue into my marriage and divorce um, is with religion because – uh, my ex-wife and I got married when we were 23. I grew up, um, in a, uh, like an abusive home. Like my, we were Catholic, but like, we didn't do like my dad cussed all the time and he wasn't, he didn't do anything that acted like, like you're supposed to as a Christian, but we believed in God and we went to church on most Sundays and That's stuff all you gotta like do. that. So I got to do to be a good Catholic. Yeah, <clears throat> exactly. So you know, uh, kneel, sit, stand, kneel, sit, stand. And, uh, so grew up, my dad was very abusive verbally and physically with my sister and I and my mom. And just like seeing that, like, uh, that was very traumatic. And so I grew up believing that. And then I joined the Marine Corps. I went to Iraq. Uh, I lost my leg in Iraq, uh, came, uh, came back and went through rehab. And I met my ex-wife, uh, when I was in DC and like, uh, we got married and then like religion, you know, believing in God became this very big focal point, uh, for our marriage. And like, <clears throat> so I poured myself into being the godly man that she wanted me to be. And like, I was TM, striving right? to be the godly man, be... all capitals with a TM at the, is, is how I hear that. Exactly. What do you, what's yeah, the, man. Oh, like, like, got, t- like trademarked, okay. you know? Yeah. Like godly man like you need to be this godly man you need to do all of this stuff and so i like poured myself into it i'm very inquisitive so i like poured myself into bible study and like trying to learn all of this stuff and trying to you know prove that you know god was real and all of this like just poured myself into it and and after 13 years of marriage i uh i cheated on my wife and it was completely my fault but we came to that point and and we separated and got divorced, but it was one of those things like she kept looking at me and she's just like, marriage is forever. Marriage is forever. And like at, at that point, like I had cheated for a reason that like obviously had nothing to do with the person, but like my unhappiness in the marriage and you know, just that line, like marriage is forever. Like that is like the whole approach from a Christian worldview is that marriage is forever. And it's just, like they believe that like you have to push through at all of these things, these, even if there's, you know, un, it's unhealthy for, and, and it was, it was unhealthy for us to be together. And for me stepping back from that now, like, it's just like, it, it's a horrible thing. And, and it, it sucks that my kids are in that now too. And that I have to work with that. That's a whole other topic, but it just like that, that was the whole view that she had was that marriage was forever and she couldn't believe that our marriage was ending um and and i have a like a very bitter taste in my mouth with christian christianity right now anyway so that's a whole other topic that we i could go off on but louis ck and i don't i don't generally like a lot of what well 
<clears throat> he's done some things that have made me not like him. Um, yes. Louis C.K. has a good line about people saying sorry about your divorce. Yeah, right. <laughs> he, he says that nobody ever gets divorced, you know, because they don't want to. Right. Um, and I think that applies to maybe the initiator of the divorce more. But, yes. Uh, I mean, it's mutual a lot of the times. Like, yeah. Ours but, is mutual. Yeah. I would say that he, he he's like he he feels more like people should be like congratulations on your divorce. Yeah, you know. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, I think that it shows a lot of courage too that that you were willing, you're you're able to recognize that you've done all you can, and it's time to move on. You know, and it's best for everybody. It's a mature decision in a lot of in a lot of cases. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. And and my my world views have completely changed, and, and it's a different since when you guys met. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, when I when we met, I was a just just got out of the Marine Corps, lost my leg in Iraq. Well, I met her when I was still in, when I was getting ready, when I was being med boarded out. Um, very right wing conservative, very uh, patriotic, all of that stuff. Very godly, like you know, Jesus and guns, right? America. That was me when I got out. And, I remember and, when and, you got out of the Marine Corps and I called you when you came back to town and your voicemail was like, this is Lance Corporal Hahn. If you are a salesperson or a liberal, hang up. Otherwise, leave a message. Yeah, exactly. See, that's <laughs> that's funny. You remember that. I, yeah. And that, that actually was my voicemail. <clears throat> so I was that guy. And so I look at that person now and like, I still have buddies like that, that I was in the Marine Corps with. And it just disgusts me. Like, like it just, just that whole mindset disgusts me. And so I, I look at the world completely different than my ex-wife does. And so on, I just had this talk with my, my oldest son today because he's struggling right now. Uh, dealing with stuff with, with her, uh, beginning to date guys and uh, so he's getting upset with me like why did you leave us and and that you know that's a hard thing but you know sitting there having that conversation and just telling him like we're different people buddy like this is so much better like your mom can go you know keep living that lifestyle and find a godly person to you know live her life with and I'm happy with where I'm at and and where I am and those are two separate things now but like we're both much happier and just trying to get him to understand that yeah so. that's great well in that like I, I said before that takes a lot of courage and and I, I you know as somebody who doesn't have kids I obviously I can't say like oh you know like I know what you're going through or I know what you mean or whatever but I just I always feel really confident about when I hear stories like that of the children not understanding what's going on and being confused and maybe upset. Like, I really feel that if you're patient and years later, when they're able to look back on the situation, they're going to recognize and understand that this is what was best for everybody. And my parents weren't happy together and they weren't going to, you know, if they're unhappy together, then the whole household's going to be unhappy. And I'm happy to see them with people who make them happy. And that's a difficult thing for them to see in the moment, like I said, but I'm confident in, in retrospect that, that they'll, they'll see it that way. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And into a, a completely <clears throat> opposite extreme would be 
like with with my dad uh growing up you know like like from for all intensive christian purposes like that was a healthy home like my mom and dad didn't get divorced although they should have as is you know my my dad was abusive to yeah. me my sister and my mom so like that's the complete you see what like the other extreme Dude, is like that's they actually, had a good marriage, sorry, but go they should have gotten divorced you that's know actually I mean? a really I, interesting I, point because it's it's kind of like since you and i go go way way back i can call up like past memories and i remember when we were 10 or 11 years old and we talked about if my parents got divorced and my mom got a new boyfriend i would cuss them out all the time you, we we ha- we said that to each other like how Absolutely. how we would be yeah, so shitty hilarious. to like our uh our our parents new boyfriend or girlfriend but like you're saying like you recognize now as an adult that that would have been for the best so that's Absolutely. that's kind of interesting that you can kind of we can compare like what you because said as a child. I would have probably been devastated in the moment. Like, yeah. Oh no! Like they're getting, being separated, but then my mom taking me away from my dad and me getting into a healthier environment. Like, it, I feel like in that instance, it would have been almost immediate. I would have understood like this is much better, um, you know. But like even being able to look back years later, like that that was the healthier option. And it should have happened, and it didn't, unfortunately. Well, it's good that you could recognize that and fix it in your own life before it became the same issue that it was in your parents' life. So, you know, good for yeah. you. Yeah, you learned from it. Absolutely, Absolutely yeah. yeah. And, and, and I went completely the opposite way with, like, violence, too, with my kids. Like, that was one of the other things that my ex and I disagreed on is, like, spankings, dude. And it's just like, oh, it's just like a... I, when I get angry, I'm going to slot them. Like I never, like I was always like, I rebelled against it so much just because of the violence in my childhood. Uh, and then like later on, like the logic also kicked into me. It's like, if you hit a child when you're angry, you're teaching the child to hit somebody when they're angry. So like, so anyway. like what you guys did since you went the complete opposite of spanking is when the kids get in trouble, you let them hit you. <laughs> yeah, there you yeah, I completely it's like I'm real angry at you guys. Here's a baseball bat. Come at me, bro. <laughs> Come at me real hard. But yeah, I mean that yeah. that I think is just a really good example of your wife was a under of the understanding that you're gonna stay together no matter what. And like so what what would be sacrificed in that case? Does that mean like you guys are just going to be unhappy for the rest of your lives? You obviously don't love each other, but you made this, this commitment to stay married. So that's, that's, you know, that's what you got to reap. And what often happens with that is a lot of infidelity, like, and, and that's what happened, you know, in, in the, uh, in older generations, like the depression era generation is guys, you know, and, men and women were unhappy with their spouse or their marriage. And they basically, a lot of times just saw their, their wife as like the homemaker and the, you know, the, the mother of their children. But like there was, you know, the sex appeal wasn't there. Uh, it, there wasn't a lot of romance. So, you know, so they would, as long as they were bringing home the bacon and they were putting food on the table, you know, they could spend all night out wherever. And she wasn't really in a position to ask because like, what is she going to do if he says he was like out gallivanting around with some other woman? Like is she, she can't leave him. Like she's not in a position to do that. And this is like, I'm talking like 1950s and stuff when, when women just didn't have those opportunities and they were very much financially dependent upon their husband. Right. And, and so they like get a bank account without your husband. Yeah. Back then. You couldn't, 
you know, so it, it was just a matter of overlooking and maybe even ignoring or turning a blind eye to this behavior. And it was tolerating intolerable behavior. And nobody should have to do that. If, you're, if your spouse is, is, is uh, disrespecting you and in any way, like if it's physical abuse, emotional, verbal, whatever, like that's, there's, there's nothing that says that you should have to, well, there are things that say that you should stick, stick through that, but you shouldn't, like there's no reason for it at all. There's yeah. a, there's a, uh, there's a show that my fiance and I are watching right now called Why Women Kill. Um, the, like the second season's getting ready to come out. It's, dude, it's the show is hilarious. Oh like, my it god, has, it has <laughs> probably it, like, so follows, many fucking reasons. <laughs> it follows this one house, dude, in like different years. Anyway, there's like a woman in the fifties, dude, and she like finds out that her husband's cheating, dude, and. Like, it's just like, like, like back then, like the more progressive it shows, like as women get like more rights, like it goes all the way up to 2019. You can see the dynamics of each relationship change. It's really funny. But like the guy from like the fifties is just like this huge, like, like womanistic, uh, womanistic womanizing, uh, this, yeah. Womanizing asshole dude. They like, like his wife should be at home, like cooking dinners for him. And like, he's out screwing somebody else. Yeah. So. Right. Well, yeah. And it's just, what were they to do? Like what other choice were they going to get a job waiting tables and support a family, you know, them and, and kids on that, that kind of lifestyle. Like, you know, that just, it, it, they didn't have any other options, so they had to make it work. Yeah. You know, and there's also the social ostracism too. I mean, yeah, totally. You you, you get divorced and then you become the divorcee. Yeah, you know, you're the yeah. you're that you're that woman who couldn't keep her husband. Yep. You know, you're couldn't that keep woman him happy. who couldn't keep him. Yeah, couldn't keep him satisfied. Right. Couldn't keep it, him around. Yeah, you know, couldn't you, uh, make him stay. Whatever. And shit, there's a little bit of that right now too. You know. It's I I feel like it's alive and well in the Bible Belt, man. Dude. Like, out here in Kansas City, like, like this is like the end of the Bible Belt, like right up to right into here, and then it just like goes down through the south. And it's crazy what people's views are. Like, it's would a you kind say of that you're the are you the buckle end or are you the tongue end of the Bible Belt? Um, it would be the top end, man. Okay, the top okay. end of the Bible Belt. Okay, sorry, didn't mean to, didn't mean to interrupt. My bad. No, no, you're fine. It's just it's crazy. <laughs> like, like we knew people that didn't want to send their kids to public schools because they taught that the earth was older than 6,000 years. Those oh, yeah. people are real. They oh, exist. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like that's a real, like that's how brainwashed and indoctrinated and ingrained into the culture that the South has. It's just like they promote ignorance. I just mm-hmm. don't, it, it, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I did, four years of active service in uh, in Panama City, Florida, uh, which is basically lower Alabama. So I know exactly what you're talking about, man. We had people yes. like that. And that's where I became super Christianized. Um, you know, that's we had we had a bunch of people down there who were doing the same thing. Uh, and that's where, you know, I got that perspective that, that, that marriage is, sorry, marriage is frowned on, that divorce is super frowned on. Uh, and we had pastors and we had you know, people in charge of people of trust who would, who would go out and they would, you know, 
uh, cheat on their wives and that, and then they come back and the wife is like, "Well, you know, it's Jesus. Jesus forgave me, so I should forgive him." And I'm not <laughs> saying that she shouldn't. Absolutely. What I'm saying is, it should be a, a mutual decision. You know, you guys should both want to stay together. If, you know, if she cheated on him or if he cheated on her, it should be one of those. Okay, we're gonna both promise each other that we're gonna work on this marriage, and we're gonna get this right. And I'm not gonna cheat on you anymore, and you're not, or you're not gonna cheat on me anymore. However, that works. Um, it should be that mutual coming together again. And if it's not that, if she's just constantly forgiving him for, you know, stepping out on him or, or stepping out on her or vice versa, then, uh, you know, dude, it's, it's not going to ever effing work and they're all just, just going to be unhappy. Um, so our grandparents, that's pretty much where they were. I feel like this whole time, you know, she couldn't leave because she couldn't get a bank account because she couldn't get a loan because, uh, you know, she couldn't buy property or do whatever without either dad or, or her husband's permission. Or there was the social aspect to it. She couldn't leave because she was, uh, you know, she was going to be socially ostracized. All of her friends would stop hanging out with her because she was the divorcee, you know, she couldn't keep her man. She couldn't keep her family together. She's a home wrecker or whatever. Um, or it's the other other reason, you know, uh, they had to keep it together because that's exactly what they thought they were supposed to do. And then nobody's happy. And then why women kill? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, and, and it's the whole, like, Bible-thumping culture, the whole Bible belt, the belief. I mean, you can read the stories in, in the Bible, the, the story of Ruth, like, when you're a widow— you just become poor. There's nobody there to take care of you. Like you're damaged goods. Like, so there's that whole, that whole picture, like throughout the Bible. And then the, it goes to being subservient to your husband. I mean, it says that in the Bible and there's a lot of things in the new Testament as well that like women are supposed to not hold positions of authority and things like that. And there, those there are still people who like believe that and support that and encourage that type of indoctrination. And that's what they want when they say we want God back in our school. Yeah. It, I was actually just looking for that verse. It's Matthew five verse 32. Uh, I'm sorry. It, I didn't, I didn't do my, I didn't, I didn't. Oh no, that. it's all right. No, <clears throat> I'm, Sorry, I'm glad you brought it up because I would have forgot about it. It says, uh, so this is apparently Christ who said this. It says, in the King James Version of the Bible, the text reads, But I say unto you, that whosoever shall put away his wife, so, in other words, divorce her, for the, co for the cause of fornication causeth her to commit adultery, and whoever marries divorced women commits adultery. So that is... Is, is blatantly saying that it's okay for the husband to, to divorce the wife and he can move on and find somebody else. But the divorced wife is like basically then at that point just use goods. And anybody yeah, yeah. anybody who marries a divorced woman, he is also committing adultery. And so that's, a, I mean, that's just such a great example of like why you should take the Bible with a grain of salt too just because I can't imagine <laughs> this that a, a, a teacher that Jesus is supposed to be would say something like that. I just, I yeah. just, I won't. He's, they're basically saying, look guys, you can only cook a steak once. <laughs> you know, 
It's yeah. fucking horrible. But that's so, what they're saying. <laughs> yeah, and so there was. Yeah. I was. I wanted to tell this other anecdote about something that happened a couple months ago. That's. It was really disturbing, actually, and has caused me to think a great deal about this idea of people staying in unhappy marriages. And um, I've known somebody who's been close to me for a long time, and I've seen him and I've heard him and listened to him complain about his marriage and his wife a lot. And just that he's blatantly unhappy with her. They keep having kids. Like, yeah, they got, yeah. And that's another thing too, is like thinking that you're going to fix the marriage by having, having more kids. That just, I don't know if there's anything that drives me more crazy than that. And it's so fucking stupid, but like this person, he, um, he lives outside of his means. So he spends every doll, everything he makes, like he spends it faster than he can make it. And that's all it's, it's obvious that it's because he's, he is depressed and that's how he temporarily fixes his depression. And it's just, they, they keep on getting themselves into deeper and deeper situations. He's, extremely unhappy with her but they keep on having kids they you know move into a new home and just get you know like deeper and deeper with each other so a couple months ago he i'm working i'm at my desk and he walks by and he's like man i'm so frustrated right now because i'm not i haven't masturbated in weeks and like i stopped dead in my tracks and i'm like fucking what like, I didn't respond just like that, but I was just like, what, what are you talking about? You haven't masturbated in a couple of weeks. What do you mean? And he said, I'm, you know, I'm just trying to work on being more faithful to my wife by not masturbating. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he just goes on and says that he's like, you know, like when you masturbate, like it may be innocent, but you know, you can't help if your mind goes to other places and to other people. And, and I'm like, yeah, dude, that's called being human. And so I tried to, I tried to explain to him, like, look, man, like if you think that you're going to expect your spouse to meet every need that you, that you need fulfilled, you're both in for rude awakening because neither of you are going to do that. And if she tells you that you do, then she's full of shit and she does, she's, that's not the case for her either. And, um, so there's another guy in the office and. I can see him in the corner just fucking seething as I'm having this conversation with him. And I just uh, see like in my mind right now, I just see like a Chad sitting. Oh dude, totally. So the, this other guy will detour for a minute and talk about him. Like I've also worked with him for about a decade and for as long as I've known him, he's had a bottomless pit of stories about, all the time that he spent overseas and all the hookers that he bought and all the crazy shit that he did with these hookers and all of just his sexual exploits and the thing that he, he things that he's done in 10 years, there's been no shortage of these stories. Yeah. And pounding so, your chest. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So about a year and a half ago, I took off for a year to on a special assignment away from where I normally work. And over that, the course of that year that I was gone, he apparently got all fucking born again. So now he's like super self-righteous and, and in your face about his, his religious beliefs. So getting back to the original story. So I'm talking to this other guy and I'm telling him, look, man, like no one person is going to meet all your needs. And I see, he just like loses it and pops off and says, stop trying to convince him to walk out on his wife. 
And I think that he thought that I was talking about being non-monogamous, which I wasn't. I was saying like, you know, like you need to find fulfillment in other things, whether that's spirituality or your passions or your hobbies or whatever. Like I was saying about Ricky, like how him and his wife have have their own things that they do. And he says, stop telling him to stop trying to convince him to walk out on his wife. And I'm like, what are you fucking talking about? And he's like, where does it end? Like, you know, pedophilia and just just orgies out in the street. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? And like, eventually I just walked out. Like I couldn't because then he started like um, getting all fire and brimstone and everything. And he was like spitting. He wasn't even comprehensive. And like I couldn't Dude, make out what he was even saying. Like he's the, just the the most logical thing that you can say when people get like that is you just look at them calmly and just say, "If you don't sin, Jesus died for nothing." <laughs> well, I That's mean, true. what I told him is, I said, <laughs> I was like, "Dude, like sex is your vice. You're the one that for all these years had all you know talked about all the hookers that you fucked and and all these crazy things that you did, like." Are you yelling at me right now or are you yelling at yourself? Because I think you're projecting. And I don't think he knows what that means. It's kind of a big word for him. But your? No. Oh. The. The. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's like, dude, that's that's your thing. Like, you have a problem with sex. Like, don't don't come at us with, you know, like that's your vice. But uh ever I just walked out of the room and I just told him to eat shit and I left. Ever well, since he then. clearly he clearly just sees women as objects. You know what well, I mean? Well, not as, now, man, because he's he's conquests. super born again. So I yeah, mean, yeah, but if, that doesn't if, just go away. Like his beliefs on women didn't change. You know what I mean? Right. And also, uh, if you're expecting your wife to fulfill your every single need, every time you have that need, every time you feel that you know that that urge. At what point does your wife become just a yeah, fucking a receptacle? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Like, well, I was thinking, I was thinking, flashlight, but yeah, receptacle is good too. Come dumpster, yeah. Like, <laughs> so and that's another thing too, dude. Like with masturbating, like, I mean, there are there's been several times where you know, like, I'm not in the mood, but my my partner is. My my partner's not in the mood, and I am. So it's like, I'm not expecting my partner just to be like, okay, fuck me and like get your rocks off and get it over with or whatever. Like, I can't get into it if I don't know that she, that my partner's into it as well, like in the mood. And so like, if that, if that's if that's the case and I, you know, and I just like fuck her just so I can get off, like it, it feels like I am just using her as a receptacle, like I'm a dog humping a leg, you know? And yeah, yeah that's not, that's, that's not nice sexy. So yeah, I'll go. I'll go do my own thing, and like I'll go, you know, go into the other room and take care of it, and it's over with. Yeah, but yeah, dude, it, uh, I yeah. don't know. Like, if you think that not masturbating is gonna is gonna decrease your uh, volume of thoughts about sex, then you're sorely you mistaken. Are not correct. <laughs> yeah. I got a, I've got another extreme example that I thought point. of. You're promoting every little thing, man. Like yeah. I've, yeah, I've gone days without masturbating. Yeah, it's like you walk by a tree and you're like, I can you see, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I've <laughs> gone whole hours it. without masturbating. I could fuck that tree right now. I've gone whole hours. The tree's <laughs> giving me wood. <laughs> no, I, I've got a, I've got an, an other end, another end example. <clears throat> I got a guy at work who shall remain nameless, um, but who's uh, 
in in this in this unhappy marriage, dude. He fucking he hates his wife so much it's become a joke at work, right? Like it's a joke how much this guy is just like any kind of woman bashing it's there and it's from him and it's it's just become a joke. Um we're also he he he's 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 not religious. In fact, he's pretty anti-religious. Um but he's to the point where he hasn't had he hasn't had sex for 3 years, he says, and he you know, every woman he sees that's mildly attractive he just gets like disgusting with like, yeah. I'd love to suck a fart out of her asshole oh my or gosh. shit like that, you know. And it's you know it's in that room that's kind of the atmosphere. Um, but at the same time, it's like okay, dude. Uh, at some point, we're gonna I'm gonna have to be like, look, man, she's an act. This is an actual person. This is a picture of a real life person with real life feelings. You need to calm the fuck down, you know. Um, and 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 he's not happy. We've had several conversations about him not being happy. She's not happy. I hear about all the time how they fight, and his boy isn't happy either. And he's his boy isn't being taken care of properly either. Um, and we've had these conversations, and I've told him, "Look, man." The only right thing for you to do with this kid is to get a divorce. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because this kid is not being taken care of when you're not there. Uh, the guy's a good dad, I feel like. He's just, you know, in that spot where he's just super desperate. You know what I mean? Uh, well, you can't, like, reach your full potential in anything if that's the situation that you're in. For sure. You know? For sure. And and he, you know, uh, they... Um, they're not taking him to, to preschool. They're not taking him to, to. He just his boy doesn't get any kind of socialization Damn. other than with him. You know, uh, it's it's not a good situation, and it's because they're so unhappy with this marriage. All they can do is fight. And, yeah, yeah. That's you know. And, I mean, at what point do you just like come to the conclusion that that there's nothing we can do? Like every conversation that we have is a fight. You know, and it does, it's, it was like you were saying before, like, both people have to come to, you know, they have to be humble enough to say, like, okay, these are my faults, and this is where I've gone wrong, and this is what I need to fix. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, and I've been having a hard time getting a, over a breakup for several months now, and I just had kind of an, an epiphany today when I was thinking about, like, you know, it seemed like I was the one that was taking responsibility for everything, and while my partner was acknowledging or my girlfriend was acknowledging that she did something wrong, like there really was no sense of, of remorse or, you know, let me do better next time. Or can I make that up to you? And it's like, at what point are you just, you're forgiving people just because you don't want to lose them or you, or you don't want to be in an uncomfortable situation. You don't want to be by yourself. You don't want to be lonely. Yeah. And being lonely is hard, you know, a lot of the times, but you, you're not going to be a good partner. You're not going to be good for anybody. You're, until you learn how to be alone and you are happy alone and you love yourself and until you get to that point you're just relying on somebody else to make you feel validated you know or you're placing your search for happiness on another person yeah that's gonna, so i think that's gonna fail. it would be prudent for me to uh to 
read off a couple of numbers real quick and stats for divorce rates. And do you guys have any idea what you think that which generation has the highest divorce rate? Well, you said earlier that they've been improving. So they've been what? That they've been improving. Oh yeah, they've been yeah lately they I have. Did been. say yeah. that. Yeah. Right. So I would have to go with. I think it's the Zennials. Zen. What are Zennials? They're in high school. That's the highest. <laughs> the lo- oh Shit. oh I thought we were going with lowest. I'm sorry, I got that backwards. <laughs> <laughs> so it says, according to an analysis by Philip Cohen, this, where did this come from? Fuck. So this is a U.S. news article from 2018. The article is called Millennials Generation X Credited with Falling Divorce Rates by Alex, Alexa, Alexa Lardier. It says, according to an analysis by Philip Cohen, a sociology professor at the University of Maryland, the divorce rate in America dropped by 18% between 2008 and 2016. That's in part because Mar- Americans are getting married at older ages, and people married at older ages are less likely to get divorced, which seems like a no-brainer like we talked about. Millennials, aged 22 to 37, and Gen Xers, aged 38 to 53, are choosing to settle down later in life once their careers and finances are more established and stable. On the other hand, baby boomers, ages 54 to 72, were more likely to marry young, divorce, and remarry. According to Bowling State Green University's National Center for Family and Marriage Research, the older generation had unusually high rates of divorce. From 1990 to 2015, the divorce rates doubled for people 55 to 64 and tripled for those 65 and under. The analysis states that over the last decade, women marrying are less likely to be younger than 25 and have children and are more likely to have a bachelor's degree or higher, which all suggests falling risks of divorce. Less educated and affluent people are still coupling up. That means shacking up in a nicer way. Coupling up, that kind of conjures an image though, right? Yeah, a couple of them. Yeah. They just aren't tying the knot. They cohabitate and raise kids together, but they are not legally married. They're living in sin. I'm guessing that they're not taking into account, uh, what's that called? When you live with someone forever and it's a type oh, of marriage? Oh, yeah. Um, common law. Common, common law. Common, yeah. law, common yeah. law marriage, yeah. yes. Uh, last, Which is probably varies by state, so. Right. It does, yeah, there's probably not a national standard for that. One of the reasons for the decline is that the married population is getting older and more highly educated, Cohen said. Bloomberg reported marriage is more marriage is more and more achievement of status rather than something people do regardless of how they're doing. I never knew my marriage was a status symbol. Well, I think that Cody's is a status symbol as long, as long as she's married to somebody like you. Ah, yeah. Okay. Right. We just had this conversation with uh, some of my oldest friends who determined that I was the cool dad because Cody picked me. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> not, yes. due to, not due to my own nature. <laughs> All right. Was well, there anything else you guys want to end on? I just want to let everybody know here that Banjo has allowed me to pet him for the longest time ever, I think. Oh, that's the nickname for my penis, by the way. Banjo. It's <laughs> <laughs> no, because when I play it, it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love strumming your banjo. Um, one thing that I did want to bring up is. Hillary Clinton was on Ellen DeGeneres' show last year, I think, promoting a Netflix series about her life. And she said that, quote, staying in my marriage was the gutsiest personal decision 
I ever made. And that really rubbed me the wrong way just because I feel like, just like we were talking about, like I think it it takes a lot of balls to recognize that you need to get out of your marriage and that it's it's unhealthy and that you know you need to get out of your comfort zone and, and make that leap. And of course, like she can, you know, whatever works for her is, is what works for her and Bill. But I just feel like that's, that's a really bad example to say that that's the gutsiest thing you can do. Like, I feel like it would have been a lot more gutsy if she cut her losses and got out of the marriage after being publicly humiliated. I feel like it was pretty rare of her. It was pretty gutsy for her to stay in. Um, but maybe because it was the wrong reasons. And she just put a good spin on it, you know. I don't know. I don't necessarily think Bill was a bad dude. I think he was probably a bad dude to be married to. Right. Yeah. Um, I, like I, old, I like old Slick Willie. I well, I still have questions. Like he was pretty close with old freaking uh, dude. Blanking on the dude's name now. Uh, the rich Hillary pedophile. Hillary Clinton. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just giving the uh, giving the right wing answers here. <laughs> yeah, what's his name? Um, yeah, 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 Epstein. Epstein, yeah, 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 Epstein, man. Like that. Anybody that was like, I just question all of it, man. It just seems dirty to me, dude. I question Trump being friends with him, Bill Clinton, yeah, Bill man, Gates, dude. I don't know, man. Yeah, lock them all up. And yeah, like also, like that's probably wasn't a gutsy decision. It was what was polling best at the time. Yeah, what, and not only that, I, but... I think you're right. But what politi- politically more advantageous for them. So, and the, sure. The Clinton yeah. Foundation. Yeah. For yeah. her presidential run. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yep. Wasn't part- that show House of Cards based on them? I think so. I need to watch uh, yeah. that. I heard it's really good. It's really good. Yeah. It's really good. President Kevin, Obama loved it, he said. So. Oh, yeah. I bet he did. <laughs> All right. Well, Taking notes. Any parting shots from you guys? <laughs> Um, boy, don't, none that I can uh, think of. Don't get married um, <laughs> before 35. It's just not even worth it. That's fair. That's fair. Worked out for me. Yeah. So worked out for No, no, no. I, you're the rare exception, dude, that you guys no, were no, so, sure. Yeah, we were having this talk. Together. We were having this talk at, uh, at work the other day. Um, I've been married for 18 years. Tess also married, but would would be divorced, you know, six years ago if he could. Uh, so we don't really count that as a marriage. You're talking about the guy that's in a shitty marriage right now? Oh, did right I say now? his name? I don't think so. Okay, good, because yeah. I didn't mean to. Oh, you did just now. I'll, oh, well. I'll you said it, Chance. Oh, no, somebody did. Well, either way, either way. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, you did say it. I'm sorry, Chance. You well, did. No, that's right. <laughs> both my coworkers. Because it, it, it sounds like you're talking about me. Yeah, yeah well, I'll bleep it out. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can bleep it out, or you can just be like, we meant. We <laughs> <laughs> Shit, now I gotta bleep it twice. <laughs> so just everybody remember, don't say the rest of this the rest of the show. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know, out of really out of the the the, the, the there, there's the four of you guys and 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 then me, um, and I'm I am the I am the rare bird, you know, I yeah. I am the the rare one, the exception. I, I, I am the one. Out of five people that I know so far that I, I mean, that I'm just like, you know, talking about. Just casually think of a handful of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if I want to actually think about this, I could think of, you know, at least two or three more people that are divorced that are my age. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's like, along with all that too, like, I think I have often thought about like, what could have I done differently, my ex-wife and I, to make things 
not the way that they are now. And a big thing, like, and I didn't even mention this before, is like, along with, you know, not getting married or engaged or whatever, there's also no fucking rush to move in with one another. You know, like, you have so much time to do that. Like, live by yourself, live with friends and party and, and like, do that. Be, you know, live the bachelor life. Because we moved in together, like, I think not even a year, I like six months into seeing each other. And it, it immediately just felt like, even though we weren't actually married, we didn't get married for another five years. We may as well have been because we were living a married lifestyle. Like we, once you move in together, yeah, that's, that's it, man. That's what marriage is. Right. They're yeah. Just... And so like, there were plenty of time. like, I mean, who knows? Like if I would have just gone and lived with a friend instead or got my own place, like what things could have been like instead, you know? Well, I mean, you live up, apart now and your best friends exactly yeah yeah i mean i think let me, but we let don't me, fuck. let me say too dude you gave you shot that six months out there i got married six months after we met man. nice nice yeah so like that there that was it was the whole thing dude like you get married young and like and her mom was like all for it, dude it's just like this whole like christian well that's a military thing too i see that all the time is like yeah, guys right. guys get out of it basic is, training that is too yeah. yeah they got a basic training they buy a mustang and they get married fuck yeah yeah, get get to live off base. Yay, yay. Yep. All right. Well, I just updated the website, punk-journalism.com. Be sure to check that out. And also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks, guys. I love you. Love. Goodbye. I hope you all <laughs> have long days and pleasant nights. Yeah. All right. Happy Pride Month. Happy birthday to the gays. Oh, and actually... Hey, also, let's promote our next episode. We're g- Chris, what's our next episode going to be? I don't know. That's when we're talking about foot fungus, right? No, we're ta- I thought we were talking about tonight. Ill Satan? Yeah. 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 Are oh, dude, I am wearing the second one. I'm wearing the best shirt for so, our Satan episode. So tell everybody what we're talking about tonight. Uh, or for the next episode. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna talk about uh, the Satanic Temple and a documentary that's out there that uh, you can go watch. Uh, it's on Hulu right now. I looked at, I was looking at the streaming services that are carrying it. You can buy it on YouTube for two ninety nine. It's a documentary from 2019 called hail Satan. All right. And it's all about the satanic temple. I mean, it gives the whole documentary just as a great segue into like understanding what the satanic temple is and just like debunking the whole thing that, satanic temple members actually believe in satan all right cool yeah i think that that's the biggest misconception so yeah look forward to that conversation next week and uh we'll talk to you next time thanks You guys ever notice how the Amazon smile thing looks like the underside of a penis?